Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Tuesday and welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you this afternoon. I'm in the Southern Bank Corps studio. I'm glad you're tuned in around the state, wherever you happen to be, or online, whatever. We're glad to have you for the Eagle Hour. Opening segment of our show, sponsored every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Today is no exception. Great guys, great food, great place to cater your next event, and big supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. So if you want a great meal, you want to cater something really special for you and your family or business, make sure you check out the guys at Dickey's. Okay, Brad Smith, Senior Athletic Director for External Affairs, will be joining us later, giving you some last-minute information on parking, tickets, et cetera, et cetera, for the Conference USA Baseball Tournament that starts tomorrow we will be at the Pete Taylor Park tomorrow for two full hours starting at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And what a lineup we've got. Scott Berry, Will Hall, Jeremy McLean, John Cox, Patrick McGee, Daniel Stewart, former pitcher for the Golden Eagles, all on the show tomorrow. The great Brian Dozier joins us uh, at the Pete on Thursday, along with Jason Muntz uh, from the Commercial Appeal. And i uh, going to tell you about a great new business on Thursday as well that uh, we think you're going to enjoy a lot uh, when you attend Golden Eagle Athletic Events. But today, it's time to go to our good buddy Heath Hinton, proprietor, owner, and executive of Big Gold Nation. And Heath, great baseball season behind us. The tournament is finally here. Yeah, I mean, nothing better than postseason baseball. And uh, nothing better than postseason baseball in Hattiesburg, or either on the coast, one of the two. But, man, what a great time right now to – be a Southern Miss fan, host the Conference USA tournament for the final time, and your Swan Song Conference USA, the team goes out and wins the conference for the sixth and final time in the regular season. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's been it's been a magical year so far. Well, if there's any good news about the weather, there's still a 90% prediction of rain tomorrow, but the Thursday forecast has dropped by a third from 90 to 60%. So, presuming, Heath, that uh, tomorrow is a washout, I assume they would just get going early Thursday. And, you know, I I suppose if they had to, uh, they would play well into Sunday night or even Monday morning. Yeah, I think you got plenty of time, especially when you you look at Friday and there's only, I think, one game that day, maybe. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, there's a game in there that there's a day in there that really only has one game scheduled. So, there's a lot of time in there you can make up games. Uh, rainouts hurt teams that don't have a lot of pitching because they're going to have to play back-to-back and you're going to waste arms because of rain delays. So really, if you're Southern Miss, uh, you're not too upset about this, believe it or not, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's uh, even on the coast, man, it was always uh, rain got in the way. I remember one time, I think you probably do, playing at 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, teams are playing at 1 o'clock in the morning, so... It's uh, part of baseball at this time of the year. 
uh, May, into May, get that rainstorm in the afternoon, rain during the day. Uh, but, you know, at least it's, Bob, at least they have a turf field to where it's going to drain quick if they're able to get games in between storms. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I just caught on uh, TV right before I came into the studio that the uh, SEC tournament's underway over in Alabama, Hoover, Alabama. They're in a rain delay, and that's a grass field. I mean, you know, they're pulling tarps out on the infield. That could wreak havoc. You're right. Big, big advantage to have that tarp field. Okay, so I'm out there this morning, Heath. We've got Charlotte. Uh, they're taking batting practice. Middle Tennessee uh, was out in the complex kind of limbering up and uh, and getting ready. Uh, now that it, now that it's here, hopefully tomorrow, maybe Thursday, uh, only time will tell. Right now the weather's holding up kind of okay here in Hattiesburg. Uh, your thoughts. I mean, who who is – let's start this way. Who is the dark horse team, the most dangerous team in the tournament that not a lot of people are talking about? I think because of their pitching and maybe because of the batters they have, I'm going to say Charlotte. Um, and I say that because that was a talented team last year. They do have a couple of arms out there they can throw at you. Um, a team that, you know, kind of like not as – they don't have as good a pitching as Southern Miss. Nobody in the conference does, in my opinion. But a team that's going to be able to maybe weather some rain delays and maybe you're going to burn pitching a guy for four innings because it, because of a rain delay and then you don't have him to pitch – Three, three more that you may need him to for a couple of days. And, look, I think a team like Charlotte, especially with the rain, becomes a very dangerous dark horse team that could win this uh, tournament. Yeah, it was brought to my attention uh, yesterday by Travis Creel that uh, Southern Miss, in a sense, I mean, they dominated Middle Tennessee, but Middle Tennessee's Friday night starter did not play because he was sick uh, when, when the uh, series started. So, Middle Tennessee and and, uh, and Coach Creel was talking about that you know overall they thought they had a really good pitching staff. Uh, Middle Tennessee should be able to throw their best guy against Old Dominion. What I thought maybe was the easiest first round draw when I saw that Old Dominion had Middle Tennessee, maybe not so much. No, but the thing about Old Dominion is the way they hit the baseball. If that guy's coming off sickness and he's not sharp. There's going to be a bunch of balls in the Catholic Church parking lot because those guys, I, you saw it, they hit, they they don't hit home runs, they hit bombs. Right. And they hit them a long way and they hit a lot of them. So, uh, yeah, I just think Old Dominion there, I, I understand Middle Tennessee, and yes, they were a really hot team coming into Southern Miss, but I think, you know, you saw with Southern Miss, they're, after their starter, they wasn't that good mm-hmm. from what we saw in Southern Miss hit them pretty hard. So, yeah, I think Middle Tennessee could make a run, but I still like Charlotte. Uh, I just think Charlotte has the potential to uh, win it all because of pitching depth. San Antonio will play Florida Atlantic. Uh, USM uh, UAB uh, game uh, takes on that winner. Uh, UTSA, good baseball team, but they looked like they were really weak when it came to pitching depth. And uh, Florida Atlantic is always solid. I-, I think if Florida Atlantic wins that first game, UTSA could be in real serious trouble. I do, too. I, I really do. I think pitching-wise, UTSA, uh, after that first uh, these lefty they have, uh, you know, beyond that, it's a little iffy at times. 
And if they get in the loser's bracket, it's going to be hard for them to play their way out. I think, to be honest with you, every team in this conference, maybe besides Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss, if they get in the loser's bracket out of the first round, it's going to be hard for them to play their way out because of the extra game played. That first, that winning, that first round contest is so important. It's important for everybody, but for teams other than Southern Miss and La Tech, it's very important because you can't afford to have another game that you're going to have to throw somebody out there because of pitching depth. Pitching depth wins tournaments. There's no right. question about it. Right. So uh, I would be looking at see who wins that first game, and you know, you get a Florida Atlantic or UTSA wins that first game, it sets them up better in going forward. Yeah, that's a good matchup, uh, and then of course uh, opening day as well. You're going to have Louisiana Tech and Charlotte, and that. Uh, that right there could be a fist fight. That that's a pretty tough, uh, pretty tough matchup right out of the gate. That's going to be a fun game to watch if they get to play it that day. Um, that that right there could be uh, one of those extra inning first round games that we've seen in Conference USA in the past. So yeah, I think that's an exciting game. Believe I mean, all teams in this tournament have an RPI under a hundred. That's how that's how tough this conference has been this year. So this is probably the deepest conference tournament I can remember Southern Miss having in quite some time with good teams and teams that can play their way in the regionals. Right. I think four of the teams are in the top 50 in RPI. So, yeah, you're right. All right, minute minute left this segment. Obviously, Southern Miss, UAB. UAB got the best of the Golden Eagles in Birmingham, but but the Golden Eagles were playing without uh, really two of their very best hitters. They were playing in front of 25 people. Uh, in Birmingham, seems to me this is a different environment, different baseball team that UAB will face. Yeah, you know, I, I did a story the other day talking about Reese Ewing and and kind of compared it to like a, a a spice mix for gumbo. Yeah, you can you can make gumbo without you know one or two spices, but it's just not as good. That's the way this lineup is without without Reese Ewing and without Wilkes in there. The lineup just wasn't as good, and it made such a difference with Reese returning. Southern Miss went 5-1, and one, averaging 10 runs a game, and it even carried over to the pitching, the pitching only giving up three runs a game. So it's such a – having him in that three-hole in the lineup, Dickerson bats better, Sargent obviously is batting better, it just makes such a big difference for the team. You can't pitch around him in, at the three spot, especially when Dickerson and uh, Montenegro are getting on base like they are. It turns – they walked him. Sergeant was hitting him in, so I think it's a good omen going forward. Having, you know, Reese and Wilkes back, who did play against UAB. Well, Wilkes did a little bit, but he got hurt in the first game. All right, Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation. He's going to come back. We're going to actually take a look at the Sun Belt tournament as well, because this time next year, that's where the Golden Eagles will be playing. And of course, more about the CUSA tournament upcoming here in the Berg right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. It'll be rocking this weekend during the baseball tournament. Great Southern Miss apparel there. Brand new, super cool Pete Taylor Park t-shirts. You'll want to check that out at Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street. 
They'll be open Monday through Sunday right there on Hardy Street across from the Southern Miss campus. Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast can be heard every day on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or tune in, or you can tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour. And, of course, the show is streamed live every day on the uh, Super Talk websites for for Hattiesburg, for Laurel, for Macomb uh, Super Talk stations, and soon to be coming to you from yet another Super Talk platform that we will be unveiling in the very near future. We're talking to Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. All right, Heath, let's uh, let's imagine for a minute. This is the last year that we'll be playing in the, in the Conference USA tournament. We won the regular season. We're all hoping to walk off the field uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, saying adios. It's been fun. We're going to take the trophy. And, uh, and go back. <clears throat> Next year, we will be in the Sun Belt. And so let's jump ahead in the magic time machine. If we were in the Sun Belt this year, and we were getting ready to play in that tournament, where would our biggest challenges be coming from? Oh, look, you're going to have uh, Old Dominion who's coming uh, with us to uh, the Sun Belt. But you're going to have teams like Texas State. Who's twenty six and four in the conference this year? Georgia Southern twenty three and seven. We all remember Coastal Carolina, who won it uh, not too terribly long ago. Lafayette. We all know South Alabama. Uh, those are teams that are Troy. Those are teams that are perennial powers in the Sun Belt that you're going to have to match up against. And look, you're talking about a conference who's not bad now, but you're going to take Little Rock and. Uh, Arlington out. Arlington has an RPI of two fifty one and Little Rock one seventy six. And three of the teams you're gonna throw in there have better RPIs than those counting James Madison. So the Sun Belt is literally adding to a very good baseball conference. Three teams with higher RPIs than the teams are throwing out plus Marshall. Marshall's Marshall. Let's hope they get a new field one day and stop playing at the YMCA. But that conference is gonna be Compact, it's going to be teams that are going to be around you that are going to be good. Recruiting is going to be hotter. It's going to be a it's going to be a lot more exciting conference because of the regional games and regional rivalries. Well, you you name some very very good baseball programs. You're right, and then you plug in what are arguably this year probably the two best teams in Conference USA. I would argue are Southern Miss. I don't think there's any argument about that. I thought Old Dominion was the best-looking conference team I saw play all year that, you know, opposing Southern Miss. You plug those two in, and suddenly uh, you that's a pretty much of a Mac Daddy baseball league. Yeah, it's going to be strong. Like You're talking a perennial four, five-team, uh, five-regional team uh, conference. It may be, who knows, if it play your cards right, you're talking about six teams that could get in. And not only that, it's going to raise your RPI, the teams that are already in it, because you're going to bring schools in that are going to play the schools that have high RPI. So Southern Miss, the schools in the Sun Belt will be playing an RPI team that's, you know, top 13 and an old Dominion team who's top 50. You're talking about the other teams in the conference are going to have higher RPIs because of that. So the RPIs of the conference is going to jump up. Um, I think it's going to be a much better conference, a much deeper conference, and I think you're going to see a, a conference that, as I said, is a four, five big league, maybe six some years. 
Yeah, we're going to have uh, football coach Will Hall on the show tomorrow. We'll be obviously asking him a little bit about uh, Sunbelt football. But, I mean, you look at App State and you look at Coastal Carolina, you look at Lafayette, uh, you look at South Alabama, Troy, Southern Miss, Old Dominion, Marshall will add to the football conference. I, I think that's fair to say. And all yeah. all around, I mean, football and baseball improves the Sun Belt. Yeah, and, and look, I don't think you'd make any drop from basketball, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a drop in basketball. I, I think some people said maybe a drop. I don't think there is. I think Marshall coming over helps. Old Dominion coming over is going to help that basketball league. So I, James Madison, I, I don't think there's a drop-off in basketball when you move to the Sun Belt. Uh, Southern Miss, you know, we've played some Sun Belt teams the past, you know, couple of seasons and hadn't turned out too well. So I think it's going to be a good basketball conference. Okay, now Coach Barry's going to be on the show tomorrow. I'm not going to ask him about a regional baseball tournament. I'll just go ahead and say that now because I know he's not going to talk to me about that. He, he's not going to talk about anything, understandably, but the UAB game. Jeremy McLean may, may not have much to say about it. We'll just wait and see. But I'm going to ask you, so where in your view does Southern Miss sit right now in, in the regional baseball picture? I think right now, if they were to have a region that have the NCAA tournament this weekend, I think Southern would be a a nine ten seed as a host. I do think if they play well enough in the tournament, win games, and because the RPI and the teams in the tournament, and if good things happen to teams around them, I mean, you got to have some teams in the SEC that don't win, or the Big Twelve, or the ACC that don't win in the tournament, don't have good tournaments. If that happens, like a Louisville doesn't have a very good tournament. Um, I think you can see Southern Miss jump up into that top eight and be a seeded host. Um, I, I don't think that's far-fetched because of where everything is at right now with uh, rankings and RPI. So we'll see what happens. But I think Southern Miss is, you know, kind of in a in a really good position. If you're in a race, you're you're in a really good position to uh, finish the race up front because of where your RPI is right now heading into the conference tournament. I right, finished this sentence. Southern Miss has to win blank number of games in the tournament to assure a regional host. I th- it depends on who they play, but I would say for sure three, probably two. So I'm going to say three to for sure be a regional host, but probably two. You think you could win two and lose two and still host? I, I do because you're 13 RPI if you win, especially against who you win against. Um, that would make a difference. So if you won two games, say, against, uh, you know, a UTSA or uh, a UAB and the UTSA, then, yeah, I think you would move up because of the quadrant of the wins. It's going to be a quad one win. I, I think you would host. I think three would lock you down as a host. And I think reaching the uh, conference championship would be uh, – move you up in seating, and then if you win it, I think you're probably, you probably paid your way into a seated host. But it's, I think almost a guarantee if, if there is a regional here, they're going to send an SEC team here. I, I think you can pretty much bank on that. The three that come to my mind, you tell me if I'm wrong, uh, if I'm way off base, would be A, LSU, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think Vanderbilt uh more of anything is uh 
they're playing the host maybe a little more, especially especially um, after the way LSU beat them this weekend. LSU playing for a host too. Ole Miss, I think they're playing for their lives in the play-in game. I think they have to win that play-in game. They may not make it if they don't win that play-in game. I think if they are a three seed, it's because they won uh, their first game in the tournament. So if they don't win that, I don't know if they make it, to be honest with you. Um, It's just going to be – but you know they're going to put an SEC team in Hattiesburg. Uh, There's no question about it. They're going to be a two or a three, and you're probably going to have a, a ACC team that's a two and probably, a, I don't know, a Campbell is a four. Yeah. It's not going to be an easy region. Has the NCAA ever made it easy for Southern Miss? No. Well, no, they won't. If the Eagles host, it's still going to be a tough region. Well, of course. And uh, would, would this have any bearing on it at all, the fact that Southern Miss played in Oxford last year? Would the NCAA, you think, shy away from – matching those two schools back up again the very next year and perhaps send Ole Miss somewhere else because of that? I've heard that. I've heard they don't like to put the two teams against each other in regional two years in a row. Uh, Sometimes you kind of cornered into it because of teams that played their way in the host. And, you know, with Ole Miss and State not hosting, it may force them into doing it. So, uh We'll see, but I've heard that they do not like to do that, but it has been done in the past because of uh, extenuating circumstances. Uh, I don't think anybody this year thought that Ole Miss or State wouldn't be a lock to be a host at this point, though, to be honest with you. Right. I think that's more surprising. Not the Southern Miss. We knew Southern was going to be good, but that that's surprising for a lot of people. All right, 15 seconds left. Give me your prediction. I like Southern Miss to uh, win the tournament. I do. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to end up playing uh, La Tech. Um, that's my that's my prediction. Southern Miss versus La Tech in the championship game, a reverse from last year. There we go. Heath Hinton, everybody, Big Gold Nation. Heath, we always uh, value your input, and uh, we look forward to seeing you out at the tournament this weekend, and uh, look forward to having you back on the Eagle Hour next uh, Tuesday. Thanks, Bob. God bless, buddy. Have a good one. All right. He's hitting everybody. Big Gold Nation. Brad Smith is the Senior Athletic Director for External Affairs. He has everything you need to know about tickets, parking, admission, everything about the upcoming tournament. He's next. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, take a break from the ball games this weekend. Ride right down the street, 4th Street Bar and Grill. That's where you'll find delicious poor boy sandwiches, a variety of really good food, a good cold beverage, and an air-conditioned building with all the big games going on, and you won't be far from Pete Taylor Park. 4th Street Bar and Grill be open all weekend to uh, serve uh, your dining needs as you attend the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Uh, Michael Mergens and I, uh, Eagle Hour on location tomorrow, special two-hour show from the Pete. Listen to this. Scott Berry, Will Hall, Jeremy McClain, John Cox, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com, former baseball pitcher Daniel Stewart, all on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. On Thursday, we're back at the Pete. 
with the fantastic uh, and great Brian Dozier and uh, Jason Muntz of the Commercial Appeal. Looking forward to our broadcast from P. Taylor Park uh, over the next couple of days as the CUSA Baseball Tournament kicks off. Brad Smith is the Senior Athletic Director for External Affairs for Southern Miss. I was uh, in the press box uh, with you guys earlier this morning, Brad, a hubbub of activity, a lot of work underway to get this thing going. Yeah, we're working uh, night and day to get it ready for everybody uh, from everything that goes on to the video board to making sure that batting practices stay on schedule for the different teams and all the marketing and promotions that we're doing as well, the merchandise stands and all that, and making sure that our press is taken care of as well. So, yeah, a lot of preparation. Get ready for it. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about several things. I, I guess first and foremost on people's minds uh, would be tickets. Are there are there tickets still available for the tournament? If so, how would people go about buying them? There are. There are. There's still all session passes for general admission. Uh, they're available, which includes for the entire tournament. They're $110. Um, chair bags are also available for $150 for all sessions. So if you don't want to come for the entire tournament and all sessions, we also have uh, single sessions, uh, and chair bags are available for $25. And also in our general admission single session, they're $20 as well. So uh, still seat left and looking forward to filling up the seat. Right, when you say a single session, what does, is that an individual game, Brad? A couple games in a session, definitely. So we start off tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock with Old Dominion versus Middle Tennessee. And then you've got Louisiana Tech against Charlotte uh, with game two at 1230, just depending on schedule and all that. So, um, yeah, and, and also parking is available as well. I know we want to talk a little bit about parking, too. Uh, parking is cash only in the Regreen uh, Pain Center and the ticket office at the Ferlisi Center. Uh, that's $10. Or you can go online and get single-session parking available uh, for the Regreen lot for $10. So you know, I would highly encourage people to go online, go ahead and buy that $10 parking ticket, have it ready for you, and then they'll scan it there where you get it to the Regreen uh, lot there. Yeah, what time would you anticipate uh, the crowd will really start showing up tomorrow? Any advice uh, for Southern Miss fans on on when they may want to try to get to the ballpark? Because we know there will be a big, big crowd. Yeah, you know, tomorrow we play at 4 o'clock against UAB. So, you know, I'd anticipate people getting there, you know, at least an hour, two hours prior. You know, the ballpark can be pretty jammed up anyway, especially with Louisiana Tech being there for the early game. They're close. Uh, proximity uh, coming from rust in there. So, but I would encourage fans to come early as they can, uh, especially for us. Make sure that you're donning your your black and gold and really packing the feet out before our four o'clock game against UAB. Okay, Brad. I know one thing that's on everybody's mind. I, I'm sitting here in our studio and I'm looking outside and it's really cloudy. And uh, there is, a, I think, the weather forecast is actually a little better uh, than what we saw yesterday. Uh, and I'm trying to pull it up here as I as I speak to you. Uh, yesterday we were looking at 90% chance of rain Wednesday and Thursday. That still holds for Wednesday, but it has dropped by a third down to 60%. And as I, I look at the details of that, I think there's now some belief that if there is rain tomorrow, it will uh, likely clear out uh, sometime in the morning or around noon on Thursday. And then the rest of the weekend obviously looks perfect. Now, I know you can't control the weather, and I, and I know how difficult that is, but what should what should people do in regard to weather and staying attuned to 
any changes in schedules for the games? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, check out our website, uh, southernmiss.com. We'll have everything up to date in regards to weather with that as well. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of play it by ear, definitely. You know, with, with, with the good thing about playing at the Pete is the brand-new turf that we have. So as long as there's no lightning in the area, we'll, we'll be able to play baseball which is great for the turf. You know, years back, without the turf, we probably wouldn't be able to do this right. But right. with a with with brand-new turf, that's really helping us to put some, get some games in. But, yeah, just stay tuned to uh, southernmiss.com. Also, our, our radio station, our radio affiliates as well. You know, John Cox will be able to give us some updates on that, too. But also on social media, we'll be tweeting things out on our Southern Miss Baseball social media pages, especially on our Twitter, Twitter page there. So we'll keep everybody up to date on any weather-related activities as we move on into the tournament. And just looking ahead, and this is very presumptuous, uh, obviously, but uh, I know the way the tournament is set up, Friday is kind of a slack day in the in the number of games. So Friday would give you, and just no no sooner are we talking, Brad, the bottom falls out here, but, but Friday would give you a little wiggle room if you were behind and had to make up some games. Is, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll get them in as we can. You know, definitely, there's always put in some times there and some additional days to be able to do that. But yeah, um, you know, right now it's raining, but uh, at least thank goodness that it's today and not tomorrow or, or whenever the tournament starts. Right. So, and again on Thursday. But yeah, but we'll uh, start off uh, game one, Southern Miss at four p.m. against UAB. Looking forward to everybody having everybody there. Kind of put in perspective how much work goes into this. Uh, like I say, I, I saw all kinds of people up there working today, and you guys had merchandise out you were sorting, and I saw Jeremy walking around with uh, some of his assistants uh, overlooking stuff. Uh, when when did the work really start for the tournament, Brian? Yeah, really it started uh, about six months ago, just really preparing for it. One of the good things about hosting it here at the Pete is it would be the seventh time that we've hosted the tournament at the Pete. And we hosted it three times in Biloxi, twice in Pearl. So it's been uh, 12 total times hosting the Conference USA tournament. And that just shows the significance of baseball in the state of Mississippi. But also, you know, the well, just the planning as well. You know, we, we, we walk the parking lots, make sure the parking lots are well. We talk with Aramark with our concessions, make sure there's enough inventory there uh, that's available and kind of forecast for that, too. Our ticket sales team and our ticket office really does a really good job of communicating out to our fans about that and being able to do, do mobile ticketing and online ticketing uh, and for online uh, tickets for parking as well. And just anticipating some of these record crowds we've had all year. You know, we've had four of the six top crowds of all time here at Pete this past year. So that really kind of gets us ready uh, for tournaments like this. And um, and then also, you know, our media relations and athletic communications team, they're constantly putting things out to make sure that everybody and our fans are aware of things. But, you know, building notes for our press and making sure everybody's up to date with that and have that at their fingertips. You know, Jack Duggan really gets, does a good job with that. You know, John Cox on the radio, you know, advertising and informing everything leading up to to the event. And, you know, our marketing team as, as well, making sure everything runs smoothly on the video board. You know, we had the, the video board, you know, came out about two weeks ago. And in about a span of three to four days, we had training. We had everything uploaded, ready to go for that uh, May 6th tournament, uh, I'm sorry, weekend game that we had. So, again, a lot of work has been put into it behind the scenes to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch, and I'm sure it will. And, Brad, uh, there is a definitive number of seats, obviously, in Pete Taylor Park. So uh, if you come late and you and you buy a general admission seat or you buy, obviously, a chairback seat, there, there is a spot for you to sit in the stadium. If you 
In other words, there there are there will be there will be a cutoff uh, of ticket sales. Is that right? There is for now. Now, if we get to move farther along in the tournament, there may be some talks of uh, doing some additional ticket sales. But as of now, yes, the single session passes for general admission they're twenty bucks, which you really can't beat that for a for a for a national tournament like this. Uh, and, and then chair bags are still available. And they're twenty five dollars for for a single session. So, yeah. um, I really encourage people to go online and purchase those. Don't wait till the day of the game and, and purchase them, or we'll try to walk up and get them. Just go ahead and go online and do it. It's a real easy process. Have it ready for you on your phone, and once you get to the to the parking lot, we'll be able to scan your ticket and get you in. All right, Brad. We appreciate all your hard work. If you'll go do something about that weather, we'd appreciate that as well. We got it all covered. We'll see you guys. Uh, <laughs> Tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Southern Michigan's UAB. All right, Brad Smith, everybody. Senior Athletic Director for External Affairs, and uh, always appreciate uh, his input. Uh, raining here at Oak Grove, I'm not sure if it's raining at the Pete. I think he, he did say that. Uh, this morning when I was out there, uh, Charlotte was taking batting practice. Middle Tennessee was getting ready. Let's see, it's uh, 1.30 now. So at one fifty, Florida Atlantic is scheduled to practice. 3 o'clock, Old Dominion. And 4.10 this afternoon, the Golden Eagles are scheduled to uh, take batting practice. Uh, and that's open to the public. So if you'd like to go out and, uh, and watch that, uh, that's how the tournament actually gets started today. All the teams are in town. We're all keeping our fingers crossed about the weather. And we're ready to watch the Golden Eagles uh, win uh, their last ever appearance in the Conference USA Baseball Championship. Kelly Sander is at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway waiting for the Indy 500. We're going to do a quick check-in with him, wrap things up, get ready to take the Eagle Hour to Pete Taylor Park tomorrow. Stay with us. The top. D1 D-Bat sponsors the last segment of the Eagle Hour every day. We appreciate all they do. Great place for you to uh, train for the sport of your choice, or if you've got a child in a softball or baseball, a great place to get them uh, the very best they can be. D1 D-Bat, Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Kelly Santer is in Indianapolis, Indiana, where he makes his annual retreat for the Indy 500. Santer, I want you to listen to this. The Eagle Hour... At Pete Taylor Park the next two days, I want you to hear this guest lineup. Scott Berry, Will Hall, Jeremy McLean, Brian Dozier, Jason Muntz, John Cox, Patrick McGee, Daniel Stewart, and especially dear to your heart, Santa, is we're going to have Morgan Whitehead on the show who has just opened up a new beignet shop here in Hattiesburg. Well, because of that, Bob, and I, I heard I got a little wind even up here that, that some of those people were going to be booked. I'm talking to Beyonce and her people. <laughs> um, I think Beyonce and, and Jay-Z want a little piece of that uh, Eagle Hour 
Well, uh, and man, I, I hate. I mean, as much as I love this this sporting event up here, I hate the fact that I'm not going to be down there because man, the Berg is going to be rocking. Yeah, it is. I think the only thing right now we're a little edgy about is the weather, but there's not much you can do about that. We were talking uh, to Brad Smith earlier uh, in the show. You know, Friday's kind of a slack day the way they set up the tournament. You only really have two games scheduled on a Friday, so that kind of gives you a fallback day. And even if even if it got washed out tomorrow, it's beginning to look a little better for Thursday. Could likely make up those games on Friday, but they'll get them in, no doubt about that. And, and 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 I think it's important to note that one of the things that we talked about when the officials at Southern Miss put in this artificial playing surface is that's one of the things that was paramount in making the reason to put in this turf is because the way that it's crowned and the way that it's designed, it drains so well and absorbs so well. You can you can have that field ready to go, you know, an hour perhaps after. Uh, a big heavy rain when before it would take you three or four hours and you'd be playing till all hours of the night, which was not convenient for fans. Um, so this now, even if it does rain, you're going to, you're going to get your money's worth with this field. And Southern Miss uses this field, you know, summer tournaments, uh, you know, to make money, to help, you know, recoup ex- expenses for the athletic department and good decision. You're going to be hosting tournaments to put in that turf. So these guys will be, it's the tournament shouldn't be, too badly adversely affected except for lightning you know which nobody control but rain wise everything ought to be okay even if it does rain all right kelly middle tennessee old dominion charlotte louisiana tech usm uab florida atlantic utsa i'm gonna ask you the same question that i asked keith hinton which of those teams is the dark horse the most dangerous team that no one's talking about charlotte that's exactly what he said Yes. Yeah, I, I think Charlotte is. Now, Now again, one of the things that we talked about on this very program, Bob Getty, a couple of weeks ago, was that of all the teams at that particular time, the Eagles did not want to draw UAB. And that's, you know, as it turns out, who the Eagles drew. Now, that being said, the Eagles are clicking on all cylinders right now. Right? So it's going to take, take a really good effort by UAB to beat Southern Miss on, a, on its home field. But UAB is always, and if it's a game of tiddlywinks, they're going to scare me a little bit just because UAB is one of those schools that just seems to have Southern Miss's number. But other than UAB, it's Charlotte that scares me. Coming down the stretch, there was not a team that you know besides the Eagles that, that could really compare to the performance that uh, Charlotte had put forth. So the Niners are a team to look out for in this bracket. Yeah, that 12-30 game tomorrow uh, scheduled as Charlotte against Louisiana Tech. That's pretty good. 35 and 20 Charlotte. I, I, I agree. I think that's a little misleading. 38 and 18 Louisiana Tech. So that right there, Kelly, is a, that's a fist fight right out of the gate. And, and much as we have criticized Conference USA over the years about, about its organization, baseball wise, this, this is a solid conference. For people who are buying tickets, you know, tournament tickets, it's going to be money well spent because you're going to see some quality teams, you know, battle it out. Uh, in Hattiesburg this week, but what a great what a great time for the city to put its best foot forward. All the merchants and uh, and Southern Miss fans who have have earned this, they've deserved it. Southern Miss fans have done everything expected of them um, to to bring this tournament to Hattiesburg. So I know pulling for the Eagles, but enjoy the atmosphere as well as cheering for Southern Miss. No question. Fifty seconds left. Give us an update on the Indy Five Hundred, Kelly. Well, the cars are sequestered now, Bob. They are in the garages. They cannot be touched until Carb Day on Friday. 
They will get two hours of practice on Friday, weather permitting, because rain is uh, projected here on Friday as well. But then after those two hours on Friday, they'll be, they'll be put in the garage until they take the green flag. On Sunday, the fastest, the fastest field in the history of the race will take the green flag on Sunday here in Indianapolis. How many cars in the race? 33. 33, 33 cars. and 20 of them, 20 of them with an average speed of over 233 miles an hour. Remember, it only takes an airplane 180 to get off the ground, and they're going 233. So, in other words, you pretty much have to be pretty damn crazy to be driving one of those cars out there. <laughs> that, is that not correct, Kevin? <laughs> I would say that's an understatement, yes. <laughs> All right, brother, you enjoy yourself. We'll be in touch. Right. Southern Miss to the top. Go do it, guys. Kelly Center, everybody, live from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in Indiana. Indy 500, he's a big fan and uh, has made that trek, he told me the other day, for 40 consecutive years. I believe that's right, that Kelly has gone to the Indy 500. All right, Pete Taylor Park, Michael Mergens will be joining me tomorrow. Our uh, ace producer will be out there for two hours. We hope you'll come by and say hello. Going to be set up right there at the baseball office. Feel free to come by. We'd love to see you. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.